0: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, April the 14th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On April 14th, 1865, President Abraham Lincoln was shot and mortally wounded by John Wilkes Booth. It happened, as you well know, during a performance of Our American Cousin at Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C., Today, in 1828, the first edition of Noah Webster's American Dictionary of the English Language was published. Noah Webster became known as the the name, the icon of where to go to find information. Today, in 1902, James Cash Penny opened a department store. It was his first. It was called the Golden Rule. He opened it in Kemmerer. Wyoming. We know the stores as J.C. Penney's. Today, in 1912, the British liner Titanic collided with an iceberg in North in the North Atlantic at 10:40 p.m. ship's time. It began sinking. The ship went under two hours and 40 minutes later, with the loss of 1,514 lives. Today, in 1935, Black Sunday. Black Sunday happened. The dust storm descended upon the Central Plains here in America turned a sunny Sunday afternoon into total darkness. That was the beginning of the Dust Bowl, and it was the beginning of a tremendous migration from those uh, Central Plains states, Oklahoma and others, out particularly out to California to get away from the Dust Bowl. Today in 1960, Motown Records was founded by Barry Gordy Jr. It was incorporated as... Motown Record Corporation. I mention that only to say that the music of the 50s, and particularly the 60s, was greatly infused with a lot of black artists who had not had an opportunity in the past to get their music out there and be known by the general public. And there was a real uh, interest in that, so Barry Gordy, he uh, picked up on that. Barry Gordy attended uh, Dr. Franklin's church in Detroit, aretha franklin's father's church where he pastored and uh, a number of the black artists i won't get into that now that became so famous including aretha franklin and others um, came through barry gordy's uh, new record label because some of the other record labels were just not recording the black artists that kind of changed music forever uh, when he did this he obviously saw an opportunity and he took advantage of it. He became a very wealthy man. I, I think I've read that he lost his wealth somewhere along the line. I don't know. But anyway, the point is that it opened up a whole new kind of music with a number of black artists who were very well received across the nation. They sold a lot of records as well. And they kind of shaped the music in the 50s, late 50s and 60s and so on. Today in 1981, the first test flight of America's first operational space shuttle, the Columbia, It ended successfully with a landing at Edwards Air Force Base in California. Things are always well that end well, they say. I got this note from a lady who um, contributed. She's a regular contributor, supporter of this ministry. She contributed online yesterday. She included this message. If you contribute online, there's a little message placed down there, and sometimes Some of you guys write in their things. Uh, She wrote this. She said, Gary, we know that God is in control. We know God is real and changes us and guides us through the Holy Spirit to obey and love God. We know that God is always on time and never late. But I find myself asking, how long must we watch the liars, cheaters, criminals, and crazies tear down our nation and get away with it? That caught my attention, because that's a that's a good point, and I think a lot of us are thinking that and wondering that, agreeing God is in control. And we make a point of saying that every day on this program, in one way or another, because that is the most important thing that we've got to put at the head of the line as we look at this crazy, upside-down world that we live in. But God is in control. But I was thinking as I read her comments, I I identify with that. I think many of you would as well. I mean, how long is this going to go on? How long do we have to put up with this? Will it change? Can it change? I mean, those are questions we don't have all the answers for. But this identifies something that God said a long time ago in his word. Isaiah, in fact, the prophet. in chapter 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So as we believe that God is in control, and we do, and certainly this lady does, I know she does, because I've heard from her before, and I don't know her, but I know she supports this ministry, and I've read other things she said. I think most of us, Listening today would say that we do know that God is in control, but we must also keep in mind that His ways are higher than our ways, and sometimes God allows things that is just beyond our ability. I mean, there are times I got to tell you, if I if I were God, no, I, I would that would never happen, obviously. But we just see these things and we wonder why is this allowed to happen? How is this happening? This isn't like a cop out, but it's just simply <laughs> referring to scripture. His thoughts are higher than ours, his ways. His ways are different than ours. They're higher. They're better. Even as the heavens are higher than the earth. I thought of a I thought of a verse in, in Romans. I looked it up. Let me share that with you. Paul was writing. He said what shall we then say to these things? And he continues in that verse, verse, verse 31. He said, if God be for us, who could be against us in all these things? He said, what should we say about these things? And he's just gotten through listing a whole bunch of things. So God is with us. Who can really stand against us? Except we just don't want to let these people today that are, are destroying this nation. They are. They are. This administration is systematically dismantling this country. I mean, we're seeing it before our eyes. The world is seeing it before their eyes. And they're saying, man, there's no leadership in the world today because America has been the assumed leader for the last many years. Even if the people that hate us on this globe, and boy, there are plenty of those out of envy and whatever reasons, they have knowing that America was the leader, even though they resented it and hated America for all kinds of reasons. They recognized that America represented leadership. And some of the people who hate us have also come to depend upon us for leadership, because their government, whatever it may be, whether it's some banana republic in the middle of Africa or whatever it is, it's kind of propped up in some way, either directly or indirectly, because of the presence of America on this globe. That's how exceptional America is and has been in the whole scheme of humanity on this globe. A lot of people don't like to admit that, but I'll admit it readily because we have been that, because God has blessed America, because our founding ideas were based not on the Enlightenment of France— which some of these guys were bringing a little bit of that with them, but they put that aside. And our founders said, we will build a nation under God on these eternal principles. And they proceeded to do so. And God has blessed us beyond measure as a nation. We are truly an exceptional nation. Why are these things allowed to happen? Why are they happening? I don't know. I mean, some of it is policy. Some of it is just we've elected the wrong people to the office. I mean, we have a part in this. But in the biggest picture, God is in control. Heaven is higher than earth. And sometimes we don't fully understand what it is, but we keep our trust and our face and our attention toward God as we inform ourselves as to what's going on in this world. Does that make sense? I think it does. That's where we are today in this world. We are leaning heavily on the Lord because he is in control and God knows all things. Interesting thing that's happening, as we know, the truth has been suppressed so many times in recent years. I mean, it's been an all-out war on truth in our country, particularly with the news media, the lack of reporting or when Certain things are reported. They are twisted and bent to the left, to the far left. Things are withheld, like Hunter Biden's laptop. It was, you were, you were a horrible person if you even suggested that the laptop belonged to Hunter just a year ago. Now, New York Times, Washington Post, they're reporting on it as though, yeah, we told you all along, you know, here it is. But this has nothing to do with the president of the United States. And on and on they go. Well, Elon Musk is a guy that's hard to figure out. I don't, I'm not claiming he's a conservative or whatever. I don't know him. He's one of the richest men in the world, maybe the richest in the world. But he's making waves after he became Twitter's largest shareholder. Twitter is one of the communications on, on this planet that is significant. Facebook is another because a lot of people use him. 396.5 million people use Twitter at least once during the month. Most often more than once during a month. On a single day, about two hundred and fifty million people use Twitter every day to communicate, to send out a post, etc. Elon Musk stepped up the other day and I I mentioned this the day it happened and bought ten percent, about ten percent, a little less than ten percent of the company. He's a he's worth what, two hundred and sixty Billion dollars, I think, or something like that. Anyway, he himself on Twitter has, he's building the Tesla car and all that kind of thing. He has 80 million followers. So we got to put this in perspective. He kind of acts a little bit, leans toward, like he leans toward conservatism once in a while. Other times, not so much. Like I said, I don't know this guy. I'm not advocating. I'm just telling you what's happening. And what's happening is, that he bought this stake and they offered him a position on the board because he suddenly became the largest shareholder with his 9.2% in the company. They talked about it publicly for a couple of days, and then he publicly said, no, I don't want to serve on the board. That was just two or three days ago. Well, this morning, this morning, Musk has come out and he's trying to buy 100% of Twitter at a price of $54.20 per share that would be about $43 billion. He said, it's cash. I'll write the check. I want to buy Twitter. Well, it's blowing them away, and it's going to be, that's all about all they're going to talk about on some of the financial channels on television and cable and so on today. But he made his case for doing this, and here's what he said to the board this morning. He said, I invested in Twitter as I believe it has its potential to be a platform for free speech around the globe. And I believe free speech is a societal imperative for a functioning democracy. However, since making my investment, I now realize the company will neither thrive nor serve the societal imperative in its current form. Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company. As a result, I'm offering to buy 100% of Twitter for $54.20 per share in cash, a 54% premium over the day before I began investing in Twitter, and a 38% premium over the day before my investment was publicly announced. My offer is my best and final offer, and it is. if it is not accepted, I would need to reconsider my position as a shareholder. He said, Twitter has an extraordinary potential. I will unlock its potential. He has said, end of quote, that's the end of his letter. Uh, there were a couple other things, but <clears throat> that's all I'm going to quote of it. It was just other relational things but bloomberg said this morning bloomberg uh, business noted that musk who is oh they said he's worth 250 billion he can handily afford to buy twitter outright and it seems that musk is taking an all-in or nothing stance regarding his position with the company well i think they're stating the obvious fox news uh, or fox business this dagan mcdowell is saying this morning just a few minutes ago that Twitter's current leadership might finally be feeling a tinge of regret over the platform's biased policy enforcement that continues to see conservatives disproportionately punished. I'm not suggesting that this is going to change the course of human events on the Internet globally, but it could have a major impact if Musk keeps pushing this agenda because he's kind of got Twitter in the corner. And they're going, to, they're going to come out with egg on their face, whatever they do, and we'll see what happens. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not some kind of a financial guy, a genius or whatever, but I do know that this is a pretty big deal, and we'll see how it comes down. And if Musk really, and he talks about free speech all the time, it's really a problem to him that free speech is being more and more and more um, affected and, and suppressed in America, which it isn't being suppressed by the left. So when he talks about free speech being suppressed, he's talking about conservatives not having a voice. So we'll see where this goes. And I I don't know, but I wanted to make you aware of that. It it will definitely be in the news today. They'll be talking about it quite a bit. One other thing I wanted to mention, and then I want to get into a matter. I want to talk about a poll that was taken this week. It came out, I think it was yesterday, uh, regarding Disney and they're, what, what they're up to, and I've talked about it a couple of days, in fact, two different days on this program recently, because that too is a big deal. Everybody knows Disney. Most everybody has been to Disneyland or Disney World or whatever. But I want to talk to you about that. But this kind of fits into that. There's two West Coast states now that have been identified in the national news as states where there are that are teaching children, K, kindergarten through second, third, fourth, fifth grade, right in that area, that they're teaching them that there are many ways to express gender, which is what the Disney issue is all about. It's Washington State and Oregon, and they're in the national news now because they're doing this. I talked about Washington State here a week or two ago when we first became aware of what was going on there in uh, the Edmonds School District. But let me go back and revisit that. Washington State and Oregon Public School students as young as five years old have been and are receiving instruction on different topics related to this gender identity and this expression, including the idea that there are many ways to express gender. Not just boy or girl. There are many ways. The Washington Office of the Superintendent of Public Instruction's Health Education Glossary defines gender as a social construct that is based on emotional, behavioral, and cultural characteristics attached to a person's assigned biological sex. What they are saying in Washington state to the kids in school behind the back of many parents, what they are saying is that, yes, when you come out of your mommy's womb, you may be a boy by all standards that we've ever known, or you may be a girl. But that doesn't necessarily define your gender. No. A lot of other things, emotions, behavior, cultural characteristics, all of these things enter into it as well. In other words, bottom line, Junior, it's not whether or not you are a boy, it's how you feel about it. And if you feel you're not a boy then you may be a girl. You may be transsexual. You may be boy and girl. You may be ah, nothing. Ah, sexual, I guess is the word. You may not be anything. You may be all things. How destructive is that when you put this in front of a kid that's in kindergarten? I can't tell you how this angers me Righteously to know that this is going on and we taxpayers are paying the bill. Well, these people sit in these classrooms and they are destroying these children. They don't have a clue what this is about other than what they're being taught under the guise of quote-unquote education. I mentioned Noah Webster publishing his famous dictionary today a few moments ago for the first time, back in whatever the date was. Noah Webster started public education, basically, as we know it today. But, I mean, the, the structure. But boy, he didn't have this in mind. He was advocating that the Bible be used as a textbook in public education when he started it as a founding father. That's how far we've come in this short period of history that America has been America. And now this isn't in New York or, or Baltimore or Florida or Texas or wherever. This is in Washington and Oregon. They're teaching your kids this. And if you deny it, you're going to find out and it's going to be too late. And your, your heart's going to be broken. It's time to drill into these school districts and find out what they're doing. And don't be pushed aside by them. It doesn't matter if they have a master's or a doctor or a PhD or whatever. You don't have to have that. But drill into it and keep asking questions. Not disrespectfully and certainly not physically damaging anything or anybody, but ask questions and find out what's going on in your school district. Washington state and Oregon state, North Clackamas uh, school district in Oregon is teaching this stuff. Probably others are as well. Edmonds in Washington, the school district is teaching this junk. It is absolutely from the pit of hell And it's so destructive, it could not, it is not, it never has been. God's will for humanity that we go down this path. But here we go. Now we have Disney, of all people, Disney leading the parade, the masters of entertainment, the place where families could go and the old guys, Grandpa could like it, and Mom and Dad could like it, and Junior and Missy could like it. Everybody liked Disneyland. It was fun didn't matter that you spent more than you planned to spend when you went there. It was fun. You got to go there and be... That's exactly what Walt Disney wanted, what he created it. He told the story often. In fact, I think it was in a book uh, about his life. He was sitting in a park watching his kids play when they were little. And he thought to himself, he said, Man, I, I, I wish we could have a park where where the parents could have as much fun as the children. Disneyland was born with that idea, according to Walt himself. And now this Disney family are crazy. They're out there using what Walt built and their name to try to transform this culture because some of their kids have been indoctrinated by the kind of teaching that I just mentioned in Oregon and Washington and elsewhere. Now they're trying to transform the culture to meet their kids' I'm not overstating their kids' lifestyle. And they have all of this influence of the Disney name and the billions and billions and billions of dollars behind it. And now others are joining them. I'll tell you, we found it. a poll was released this week if you're upset at Disney, you're not the only one. I can tell you that. An overwhelming majority of Americans say that they are less likely to do business or go to an event or buy their products or whatever, but do business with Disney after learning the company is creating content to expose young children to sexual ideas. That was the statement on the, on the Trafalgar Group uh, poll that was just released uh, yesterday. They conducted the poll between April 5 and April 8. That was last week. They asked people about their response to the Walt Disney Company's publicized embrace of the LGBTQ activism. Primarily, they were asking about their reaction to the Florida law, but it's gone way beyond that now. The Florida law ensures that parents are notified of all subject matter taught in the class that has to do with sex ed. That's all. I mean, that's what it's about. It isn't even about gay, it's about parents knowing what their kids are being indoctrinated with. And these people are so ferociously committed to destroying the lives of these children that they don't want the parents to know and they'll go to any end to stop a parent from knowing what's going on in that classroom that's supposedly public education. More than three quarters of Republicans, 76% of them in this poll, said, we're, not, we're out. We're done with Disney. I can understand why. I'm not talking about a boycott. I mean, these things will all evolve as, as we go forward here. But boy, America's upset at Disney. So if you're feeling a little burned by Disney, you're not the only one. 63.4% of those who are not Republican, they list themselves as Democrat or no party or other. They said they're done. 63% that are not Republican conservatives. I'll tell you, I wrote an article about this today at FaithAndFreedom.USR website, and you can read it there. And I I have links to some of the, the to this poll, and you can read the whole thing. There's a lot there. But in response, Disney is now coming out accusing Americans who oppose genital mutilation of kids, which is what they're teaching to these children and doing. To children. They're accusing the parents who object to this, as I'm quoting, wanting to tear families apart. Because some Disney person has a transgender kid that is so terribly confused and desperately needs help. But, oh no, they're going to change the world to conform to their child. I feel sorry for, I mean, I've dealt with a lot of kids as a youth pastor over the years, I understand what it's like to have those kinds of issues and other issues within the family, but you don't want to become and confirm the problem that the kid has. That's not the answer for the kid, and it's not the answer when you have a lot of influence. It's not the answer for the culture either. And it certainly isn't the answer that God is looking for. That isn't his answer at all. His answer is salvation. It's redemption. It's restoration. The Walt Disney Company announced yesterday they're going to be airing an ad on all of their channels featuring the mother of a trans-identified child who's lambasting the, the supporters of bills that are banning genital mutilation surgeries for children and the teaching of LGBTQ ideology in schools. The mother accuses these Americans of tearing our families apart. In other words, if you don't go with this, you're responsible. You, you're responsible for their child and his horrible condition now. Desperately in need of help. Affirmation is not help when the behavior is destructive. There's this video. It's out there. It's 60 minutes. You're going to see it. I mean, it's going to show up all over the place. NBC has jumped in now. NBC says it's going to be uh, aired on all the the channels that are sister channels to NBC, including NBC. Comcast, as you may know, owns NBC. So it's gonna be on Comcast. It's gonna be on I, I can't even list all of them that it's gonna be on. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like a, a a torrential downpour of information, destructive information. This isn't the care that these kids need. It certainly is not God's will our culture. Now I have a lot more to say, but we're out of time. Thank you for being with me today. And let me just underscore, we need your support. We do. Box 399, Bellevue 98009. I'll see you tomorrow.